The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, And we're so happy that you've joined us again today for another great topic on careers and how you can take control of your own career. We've been talking about branding and job search and career advancement topics for quite a while here on The Career Confidant and are excited to be able to bring in guests from the careers world to give you the tools and expertise that you need to take care and to control of your own career. And today is no different. We are excited to welcome Deborah Feldman from Job Wiz. And Deborah calls herself a matchmaker and was profiled as such by Forbes, part networker, part sleuth. And so we're excited to have Deborah here today to talk about the hidden job market. So we're going to be talking about three easy ways that you can be the first to know about an open position. So Deborah, thank you and welcome to the show. Thanks Marie for having me. I'm excited about this. Yes. So you have spent some time in the healthcare industry, but you've been out in the careers world since 2000 with JobWiz. So you've probably seen a lot of job seekers trying to get into the job, the job market here. Yes, and I've certainly seen a lot of changes in the last 15 years in how people do find their jobs. Definitely, definitely. And I think that this kind of hidden job market term, phrase, sometimes is a little bit confusing. And, and, you know, we talk about the hidden job market and people think, you know, why is it hidden? Why are employers hiding their jobs? And so can you tell us just a little bit about what that hidden job market actually means? Sure. Well, first of all, let's dispel the, the, misconception, the misconception or perception that employers intentionally hide their openings from people that they need in order to accomplish their work. What, me, what the meaning of the hidden or unadvertised job market are those opportunities that haven't been widely spread. They haven't been announced on social media. They haven't been advertised on job sites. They haven't been put into print. And actually, Mark Anderson of Execunet defined the hidden job market as a number of different sectors that um, account for why employers have openings or are willing to hire people and don't necessarily advertise it. The first is a situation where they've just been too busy. and A position is budgeted, but they've just been too busy to actually go about advertising it or they're concerned that when they do advertise it, they're going to get deluged with a lot of unqualified candidates. And so they decide instead to keep it, quote, a secret, close quote, and only let the people they know, like, and trust be aware that we're looking to fill a position, which is why having connections to inside a company are so valuable. The second part of the hidden job market, according to Mark, are positions that have an incumbent that... The, their manager would like them to move to another position or be promoted, but until they find a replacement, they're not going to take that person out of their current role. And so that's, a situ- that's the second situation. The third situation is when an individual is in a role, performing well, they're happy there, but their, 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 their personal situation is indicative that they're going to have to be leaving the role on a full-time or temporary basis. 
that could be someone who's going on an overseas assignment and they need a person to fulfill their role domestically. It could be an individual who's taking a personal leave for an unknown or a specific um, period of time. And it could be a situation where um, they're, they're the person's spouse or significant other has accepted a p- position elsewhere and everyone knows it's just a matter of time before they're going to relocate too. And the final part or fourth of the hidden job market consists of what some people are aware of. A job is only created when the right person works, walks through the door at the right time and there wasn't a budgeted position before the, the manager met the right person and decided we're going to make it, we're going to make it possible for that individual to get, to get on into the, onto the company's payroll. Yeah, and when you put all of those four things together, you know, the Department of Labor and other studies show that about 70 to 80 percent of the opportunities are in one of these four categories, right? Yes, and it sometimes also includes internal hires because those jobs very often are not advertised. It's only known to people who are in the company. Yeah, and they may hire someone from outside the company if the right person was referred in, even though it's an internal hire. Right, but the the myth that we need to bust is that recruiters don't necessarily, are not part of the hidden job market. Because once it's outside of the people who are in that, in that company, it's now known to the public and can potentially leak outside beyond that small circle. Yeah, and there's some interesting data, I think, around recruiters that Jerry Crispin shared with the Career Thought Leaders Conference that only about 5% of positions are actually filled through recruiters in the U.S., which is very different than the international market. But you're, you're right. People think that a recruiter is going to be a part of that hidden job market for them, and that's, that's not the case. You can't rely on them. You have to really be your own, your own advocate your own rep- and your own agent. Definitely, definitely. So who can find these jobs that, that are unadvertised? Those are the people who are well-connected, which means that an individual is known, liked, and trusted by the people who either can hire into a, a position, who have hiring decision authority within a company, or individuals that are mutual connections between the person who's interested in a new opportunity and the hiring decision maker who's able to make a job offer. Yeah, so you kind of need to be two degrees of separation, you would say, from that company, right? Either knowing somebody in the company or knowing someone who knows someone at the company. Or a first degree connection, meaning you know the hiring decision maker, which is why it's so important to, to build your network before you actually need to find a new position so that when it comes time that you are personally ready to look for something new, you already have the inside connection. You already have the the strong relationships with the individuals who not only will like you and want to help you, but who recognize and value what your potential is to that company. Yeah, and doing that requires that people have some idea of the companies they'd like to work for, right? What else should a candidate know as they're doing their networking before they even are looking for a job? I think they certainly should know what their value, what, their, what, what, what they offer, what, what skills, knowledge, experience, do, talents do they have that would be valuable to employers and who are those specific employers or what are the characteristics of those employers that would appreciate them. So, for example, if an individual has experience in turnarounds, what types of situations would need someone with good business process reorganizing or, or, or change management skills? If someone is a, a pro at programming, what types of companies, and we know there are tons of them today, would appreciate someone with that particular programming skill, whether it's a specific language, a specific type of application, a specific hardware environment. The more focused an individual can be on finding a niche, the more likely that their credentials are going to stand out and differentiate them as a better candidate. 
and it's the way for them to distinguish themselves as a first-choice go-to expert that employers can instantly recognize is not going to be a hiring risk, that this individual has the skills and knowledge and will be able to get on board quickly and not have a learning curve, and most importantly, that that hiring that person will not be a mistake and lead to a failure. Yeah, and it, it flips what I hear from most job seekers, right, is, oh, I'm looking for someone who can use my skills and whatever it might be, and and really to be more effective and to be proactive in this kind of search to, to access the 7 to 80% of jobs, you really have to know, I want to use these skills and these are the types of companies that are going to be interested in them. It, it flips that control, right? which might right. be a good thing because the candidate has control. It's not the company sitting over there, you know, looking for certain types of skills necessarily. Right. And, you know, it's also a matter of looking for that diamond in the coal bin because while you may say, oh, my gosh, my skills are just so outdated, flip it around, as you said, to say, but where do they still have that environment? Where do they still use this particular technology? Even though it's not universally universally use today, there must be some place where that would be valued and appreciated. And that's rather than saying, oh, you know, I have to put, I have to get retreaded or I have to totally reinvent myself, perhaps look at a much smaller segment of the market where that specialization is rare and considered valuable. Yeah. And instead of letting the the employer drive or, or wishy-washing around on what skills you're going to promote, own it, right? Own it and, and find the companies that can use it. Right. I mean, that's the key to starting a successful job search in my mind today is understanding and knowing what you offer and, more importantly, knowing where that's going to be appreciated and where it's needed. Perfect. And that's, I think, you know, people in our field throw around these terms like the hidden job market or brand. And to me, that's your brand, right? Your brand is is owning what you offer and knowing who it adds value for and the place where those two come together and the communications that, that derive from knowing those things are your brand. Right. And you want to establish an image or a reputation as a specialist and an expert in that particular niche. You want to be known as being remarkable so that you stand out and are memorable because, you know, you can go and spend hours every day, 20, you know, seven days a week networking, meeting people. But if they don't remember you, you're constantly refilling your pipeline. What's important is to be selective. It's quality of connections, not just the quantity. Because if you make a positive impression on someone, and you show that you're sincere and you're trustworthy and that you really do have a value beyond other that's different and better than others, they're going to hopefully keep you on their radar and you'll be top of mind. So even if they haven't you have you met on a Monday and an offer comes to them three weeks later or an opportunity comes to their attention three weeks later, they're gonna go back and pick up the phone or send you an email because they remember you're perfect for this. It's not it's not going to be, you know, first in, first out. You want to stay in someone's mind. Perfect. Well, we are going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere because when we get back, we'll be talking more about the hidden job market with Deborah Felpin from JobWiz. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What is the Serve Hour? Well, to start, it's a different kind of listening experience. It's one that involves you. 
host Jim Blackburn and his engaging guests in some very provocative and opinion-shaping conversations you'll hear and be invited to participate in that will challenge traditional beliefs about management and today's workplace. Also, these conversations will help you look at yourself and your work differently. Make it your business to tune into Voice America Business for The Serve Hour, live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. It will shake you awake. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back. You are here at The Career Confidant today getting some great information from Deborah Feldman from JobWiz. We are talking about the hidden job market, the three easy ways you can be the first to know about an an open position. We've been giving some background here. What is the hidden job market? How, How can you kind of find these jobs? How does networking fit into it a little bit? Now we're going to talk a little bit about why employers tend to hire from this job market. How, why do they tend to hire positions that aren't necessarily posted? Well, that's, a com- that's complex, and I'm sure the reasons for it are different for every hiring decision manager, but I think that there are certain common reasons, and one is that they really want to avoid, simplify their recruiting process as much as they can. So think about what does an what does a, a, a employer look for when they're recruiting? They want someone who can do the job well. They want someone they can trust. They want someone who will fit into the culture. By relying on personal recommendations from, from people that the hiring manager also knows, likes, and trusts, they feel they're more likely to attract the type of candidate that will be a successful new employee. Yes, they have this idea, and, and I think... You know, data can prove it both ways, but that they have an idea that if we get some people that our people already know, they're going to fit better into the um, they're going to fit better into the culture, right? They're they're already part of the family in some way, right? They also figure that by relying on recommendations and referrals, they're screening that the largest number of potential new candidates down to a more manageable number. And that's the biggest challenge, as I understand it today, is that so many companies who do post positions online are getting enormous numbers of responses and applications, most of which are totally inappropriate because there are so few barriers preventing a job seeker from applying that people just send their resumes almost willy-nilly to anything that they think is going to be remotely appropriate. I think... Also, people will think are thinking that if they submit an, uh, an application for a role that isn't what they want, somehow their their information will get into the, uh, an automated system and be pulled out for a future opportunity that's more reliable. And we know that that doesn't happen. Yes, and that's an interesting point: is that ju- the number of job applications for each opening has actually increased, whereas you would think, oh, the market's better; there's less people applying. But that's that's not true, right? We've it seen an, an increase in the number of applications. So, this hidden job market process is definitely a way for companies to control that. Mm-hmm. Now, any other things that push employers into that market, or that the it's pretty obvious, right? They're, they're looking to do a little bit less work on the front end in terms of their, their sourcing and their recruiting by encouraging their, their employees to refer people. Right. And they also want to hire individuals, perhaps that they've already worked with before, or who have worked at the same company so they can more easily check their references. Yeah, and that's a really big sourcing thing today too, right? Whether it's a referral or just that they're going to their partners, their competitors to pull employees, all of those 
factors help make it feel like a more sure thing when I hire someone. If I hire someone from my competitor, they must already know the industry and, and, and know what's going on. And at the same time, an, a potential employee, a candidate, a job seeker also wants to know what they're getting into. Definitely. feel much better going to work at a company where you've known someone who can tell you the inside scoop that it's really a decent place to work than if you chance going to some place that you don't know anything about except when they put on the brave, happy faces during the interviews. Yeah, and the candidates forget that part of it, right? They think, oh, this hidden job market is a bad thing. It means I can't find an open position. But you're right, it actually benefits that candidate as well because they have inside knowledge of where they're going before they get there. Right, and they may get to renew old ties with people they've worked with in the past, which is always fun and, and, and a nice thing to do. I think the other things we need to look at is one of the dynamics that's changed in the job market is that in years past, an individual got a great job when they left college, if they were lucky, and they could stay with that organization and expect to be promoted throughout their career and might even leave there with, you know, the gold watch in 25 or 30 years. Today, people are much more mobile. They're changing jobs much more often. The management is changing over much more, and therefore, it's very unlikely that just having strong relationships inside your own company is going to be sufficient to lead to, a, to produce a successful career. Therefore, you need to have the networking context and stay in touch with former coworkers, not only because they can help you find a job, but because they're the only ones who are going to be able to essentially help you move up the ladder. Yeah, the, you're... Your ability to move is not about within your company, right? It's almost about within your industry or where wherever your kind of community is is bigger. It's not just your company, and building that community takes a little bit more work than it used to. Which explains perhaps, Marie, why the hidden job market is seventy to eighty percent of the jobs that are filled. Definitely. So we've got our our last thing here. The secrets to landing this unadvertised job. What, what would you say are there three easy, easy ways to be the first to know about an open position? Well, certainly make your, have a connection before you need a job, which means you need to, an individual needs to constantly maintain positive relationships. They need to cultivate new relationships and seek out new people to get to know and be connected with on a regular basis, not just when you're looking for a job, in terms of just adding to your own personal, professional value and for curiosity's sake and to be able to learn because, as I said earlier, it's not sufficient to only be known within your own company. Perfect. Individuals can't just wait, 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 wait for luck to happen to meet the right person. Individuals should go out and network purposely. What that means is, intentionally plan to develop relationships with individuals who might be able to either introduce you to other people or might be a great new career opportunity to contact themselves. And the third is to follow up. Making one, initi- making an, one initial initiative to meet someone, one phone call is not going to put, it's put you on the level that you need to be for people to recall and remember you when the right opportunity comes up. It's three parts. It's identifying who needs to know you. It's communicating in the right channel your potential value to connecting with them and what's in it for them and why you're not a threat. And third, it's following up with those individuals so that you don't fall off their radar screen and you stay top of mind and vice versa. We always hear how important it is to be generous. It's necessary for every individual to not just think about what is this in, for me, in it for me if I purposely connect with someone, but what can I offer them that they will find attractive as well. It could be inviting them to an event. It could be sharing an article. It could be making an introduction to someone they don't already know that you think would interest them. But the idea is to always be looking at how you can help another before you look at or ask them to help you. Definitely. And that is a 
it's a mindset, right? It's a, as you said, it's a constant process. It's not just a when I need something kind of process. No, it's, it's really to adopt that as a way of living. And this idea of being a little strategic, sometimes I hear people kind of, you know, they say, well, then I'm using these people. But the process that you're talking about is being strategic, but then you're building real relationships, right? You're, these are not a one-way relationship. No, that's, that's really important. Networking is not a one-way. It's not just a candidate going out to a connection and asking for assistance to find a job. Networking is truly a two-way street where there's a mutual benefit accrued to both parties. And if it doesn't, if the other person doesn't, you know, perceive that there's anything in it for them, it's not going to last. And that benefit doesn't have to necessarily be tangible. It could be something like you, you made them feel good or you made them feel like you accepted them, or you admired them, or you, or you, you thanked them and were gracious about their, their efforts on your behalf. They're not necessarily looking for you to do work for them, or make an introduction, or invite them anywhere, but they want to feel appreciated. Yeah. Good. Well, Deborah, we are coming up to the end of our time with you, so I want to give you a minute to connect with people if they're listening. How can they get a hold of you? How would you prefer that they connect with you if they're interested in learning more about what you do? Hi. I'd be happy to do that. Job Wiz is an executive talent agent. What I do is introduce senior-level executives to new connections that we believe are going to be part of an ongoing network of contacts to support their career. I can be reached at Jebra Feldman at JobWiz, J-O-B-W-H-I-Z.com, or through my website, www.jobwiz.com, and I'm also on LinkedIn under Deborah Feldman. Perfect, Deborah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And if you're listening today, don't go anywhere because we will be right back in a few minutes to continue to discuss this idea of the hidden job market and how you can be a part of it. And we'll be right back in just a few minutes. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking with Deborah Feldman about the hidden job search, the three ways that you can find about find out about an open position before everyone else does. Doesn't that sound like our dream if we're looking to make that move? So, Deborah gave you the information about how you can connect with her. It is D-E-B-R-A, no H on there. D-E-B-R-A, Feldman, F-E-L-D-M-A-N. And you can connect with her at JobWiz, J-O-B-W-H-I-Z, or on LinkedIn, of course. So we've been talking about the hidden job market, and she gave you her three keys here, being that we want to identify people and, and know who can have those impacts on our career. Then we want to net for network purposefully, right? Intentionally communicating with those people, connecting with them. And then three, following up, being generous, sharing, staying in contact. And that we want to do that constantly, consistently throughout our careers. Now, this isn't a new idea, right? That kind of those books from the 90s of never have lunch with yourself and all of those books were talking about this same idea, but most of them seem to apply more to maybe business owners or specifically to executives. And today I would say that these three things really apply to everyone across the career space, no matter what what you do, whether you run your own business or you're an entry-level employee or a manager, this is the way that things are moving because of, it's almost because of technology, things have moved away from technology, which is interesting all in itself, right? And there are technologies that are helping companies do this, that are helping companies find referrals from their employees. But there's so much noise in that technology that we've gone to this place where a lot of the way that I hire today, a lot of the way that I even find my business is different, right? It's really through relationships, whether I'm building those relationships in person or online through my blog or whatever else it is that helps me build those types of relationships, Twitter. And so if I'm an individual looking to manage my career, I want to take advantage of these same ideas, right? These, these same tenets of, of building relationships that have really been timeless. And I think that that's part of the mystery of our job search today is that everybody tells you it's online. Everybody tells you you need you know, a, a resume that will get through the applicant tracking system. When, yes, that is a part of the market, But most of the market still is the way it's always been. Who knows who? And all the technology can just be a noise maker, a distraction from doing those things that really matter. And for those of you and us who it's maybe more comfortable to sit behind a computer and fill out applications than to actually go out and talk to people, right? You are easily swayed into this myth of everything is online and that's just not true now the good news for you who consider yourself to be introverts is that this process is actually really well set up for you because it's not about numbers necessarily it's about real relationships which you as an introvert can be very good at right it's about finding those people that you really want to stay connected to and thinking about that in a little broader way as Deborah was talking about. It's not just the people within your company. Now it's who do you want to keep those relationships with that were, are within your industry or within your, maybe even your position type, right? If you're a CIO, who, what other CIOs do you like seeing at conferences and you connect with when you're there? Those are the relationships that you want to maintain. And 
and it's it always makes people pause, right? This idea of strategic networking. Well, that means I'm kind of picking these people out and and connecting with them because I want to. And yes, that's true, but that's not how the that's not how the process lasts, right? If you are just going after Susan to get into her network, it's probably not going to work real well for you unless you are really good at faking it, right? You also have to build a genuine relationship with that person. You have a connection. You understand how you might add value to them and, of course, how they can add value for you. You actually build you know, some kind of a professional friendship. You're sharing with each other. It's going through the whole process to be able to create those relationships. That's what we're talking about here. And, and so identifying those people being the first step, right? Looking outside of your company. Where else do you meet people that are going to be the ones you want to stay in contact with, that you can help grow their career, that they can help grow your career, that you can share resources, share ideas, maybe even pass along opportunities that aren't a good fit for you but might be a good fit for that person. You might meet them at a conference, right? That, that CIO, CFO type of conference. You might meet them in a LinkedIn group. And that's a great place to meet them. But again, that's not going to do anything unless we foster that relationship, really connect with that person, have a conversation with them, even if it's virtually, right? Share some things with them. Thank them when they share things with you. We might identify those people within our own company, And then we just need to make sure that we maintain those relationships when people move, right? That internal to our company is not going to be the end-all, be-all. We might identify those people by seeking them out specifically, right? Asking them to mentor us, going to networking events where we might find some of those people who can mentor us. And, And we're really identifying people that aren't necessarily your direct manager, right? They might be your peers. They might be that boss of a boss kind of level, especially for a a mentor. And they are people that you genuinely want to continue to be connected to, right? And so after you've identified them, then you do the piece of communicating and connecting, learning about them. How did they get where they wanted to go? You will be surprised at the power of asking great questions, listening, and not being all about yourself. Right? That can have some great power and can give you charisma when you don't even think you have it. Right? That ability to really ask great questions and listen like that other person is the only person in the room. It can happen fast, but it has to be genuine. And as you're, as you're doing that, as you're listening, then you're looking for points where you can connect with that person. Oh, yeah, we both went to this, this school or we both worked for this company. And then keeping it all about them, right? Asking those great questions, listening. And this is kind of the power of, of what some people might call informational interviews. I'm not a big fan of that term, but the idea of it, right, that you're you're really there to learn, to do research. You might be researching a company, researching that career, or you, you might just be genuinely interested in, in knowing how that person got where they wanted, wanted it to go, where, where do they continue to want to go, making that real relationship. And, of course, we know that, that that's the process, right? To build those relationships, to ask great questions, and, and start to build a connection with that person. Forcing what you have to share, forcing your value is not going to probably get you as far. You know, you're, you'll learn, you'll experiment with that. When is it time to tell someone what you're looking for? When is it appropriate to, sh- to share your value? How do you promote yourself, right? That's an important piece of the puzzle and it it has to be done at an appropriate time for the relationship to build you know it's a lot like dating right 
yes, that person needs to know about you and that person needs to know about what you want to do. But that's not the most important thing in the relationship, right? It's making sure that you have that connection, figuring out how to connect with each other. And uh, I think that we get too caught up in selling ourselves, which actually then puts a lot of pressure on the situation. Whereas if we can focus on that ex- other person, you'll find a much different dynamic in the conversation and a much different approach from you and maybe even easier, especially if you do struggle with networking. Focus on the other person. See how it goes. Now, that term networking, you know, I think it's become kind of a dirty word, but this is exactly what Deborah is talking about, that we are finding people, we're keeping relationships with them. It is not about using someone to get to where we want to go. And in fact, the timing of it, right, that you need to do it constantly, consistently, not when you're looking for a job so that you can do what you need to do throughout your career and have relationships that are going to benefit you throughout your career, not just when you need a job. That's when it feels more like you're using someone or or bothering someone, right? So we want to think about how we can do the whole process and do it more consistently. So we're going to take a short break here. We'll come back in just a few minutes. We're going to wrap up here and give you a few concrete things that you can do today to move your career forward as you build your network. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking about the hidden job market. And it's important to, as we close here, remember that this hidden job market is not some game or trick that an employer is trying to play, right? The hidden job market is simply opportunities that exist that aren't posted because we've got a, a qualified candidate, but they want to move, right? An incumbent that needs to move up. We have a incumbent who's looking to leave or we have a something that we need to have done, but we don't even really know that it needs to be done until we meet the right person that can bring that to our business and add that value. So it's, it's hidden because it's not advertised, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the employer is trying to hide it from you. There's a lot of other reasons that that position might not be posted at the moment. 
And of course, part of that is my hesitation as an employer to post a position knowing the hundreds on average, more than a hundred applications I will get for that position, many of which will be unqualified because it's just too easy to apply to a position. So that hesitation and these other factors are going to play into creating about 70 to 80% of the opportunities that are uh, out there in the market for, for you. So if we know that this is happening, what are things that you can do today to start putting yourself in a position to be a part of the hidden job market, right? First thing is to know what you do well, right? Know what you do well and own it. Don't be afraid to, to specialize, to package yourself. And, you know, Deborah used the word niche and that's, that's fine. It's not necessarily about being super narrow, it's about knowing how to package those skills in a clear, memorable way. So even if you consider yourself to be more of a generalist, you need to put a package around it, right? What are those generalist skills? What is it that that makes you different about how you do those things? What is it that makes you good at what you do and why are you good at what you do, right? Always thinking about that why. The second part of that is know who can use those skills. And those two things go together, right? If you have this generalist skill set, who might that be attractive to? Probably not a huge company, right? So we've got to think about how those two things go together. What are your skill sets? How are you going to package them for this specific audience that you know can use them. And that takes some guts, right? That takes being okay with knowing that you're going to leave some opportunities on the table because you're being clear and that clarity is going to create more opportunities. So if I'm a a software manager and my thing is building outsourced teams in India, that's very specific. It's going to be very powerful for the right organization. And some organizations are going to go, eh, we're not looking to do that right now. We're good. Or maybe they're onshoring, whatever it might be. So you have to know what is it that you do? Who is that going to be applicable to? And how are you going to tell that story? So that you can do all the rest of these career management things because it requires Anything proactive requires that you know where you want to be, where you want to go. Just was had an interchange with a job seeker who said, you know, I've been in management and restaurant business, and I'm just looking for a company who will be able to use my skills in dot, to dot, to dot. No, right? That's not going to work. It's that, okay, I've got this great skill in operations leadership within the restaurant business. Where do you want to take that? Do you want to take that into operations within the restaurant business, move up? Do you want to take it within training in the uh, restaurant business? Great. If you want to change, then we just got to know what we're going to communicate to that next place. How are your skills going to add value in their business? That's what we have to know. When we know those things, then we can be proactive about our career, right? Then we can do the things that Deborah's talking about. We can identify people that will help us move up. Because we know the organizations to look for them in, whether that's specific companies or professional groups, LinkedIn groups, whatever it is, if we know that we're headed for training, we can join all those training groups, right? And talk to people in training, talk to people in training in restaurants, talk to people in training in retail businesses. We can find those people and start networking with them when we know who they are. Otherwise, it becomes very challenging. Right, And you become that person who's trying to connect with everybody and who's telling this vague story to everybody, which as Deborah says, they're not going to remember you. Right? There's nothing memorable or remarkable about you if you don't know what you want to do. And so first thing, clear about what you are. Who are you? 
Why do you do what you do? Why are you good at what you do? Second thing, who cares, right? Who is that target audience? How do you connect those two dots? Third thing, then you're identifying people within those organizations, within that industry that you want to build those relationships with. Conferences, LinkedIn groups, chat rooms, it's probably the wrong term, but you get the idea. Industry groups, right? How can you start building those relationships? Twitter, right? Is there an, a Twitter handle for that, that group on, on Twitter? Or those companies, who are they? What are those people? Start following them on Twitter, right? Twitter has a really low barrier to entry, even though I don't necessarily recommend it for everyone. It can be a great way to start those connections. Fourth thing, then, of course, you are building those relationships, following up, being generous, doing the things that you can do to help that person, right? And Deborah said sharing an article, inviting them to an event, making an introduction for them, or simply just showing your appreciation for what they do for you, for how they share with you, even if they don't do it on purpose, right? Maybe they share an article and, and, hey, this is great for me. Let them know that. Do those things that build that relationship, just like you would any other relationship. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's session here at The Career Confidant, and we'll take some steps to build your brand, build your network, so that you can be the one who's first to know about that open position. Feel free to connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com or on LinkedIn. I'm the only Marie Zimanoff with a Z on there. Look forward to connecting with you and seeing you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.